Monthly update is the stock market. Merch pause for a critical point. It is 10.24 a.m. Eastern Time, December 7th. All right, uh, we're primarily interested in the performance of the stock market business cycles, but I'll see if I can make some comments on what I think is going on this decade, multiple decades, and other markets, economy, and society, whatever. All right, to begin with, the model looks at what occurs for a decade, and then it wants to find a pattern for that decade that repeats decade, 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 decade. And I found that, and I call it the monthly or decade buy sell signal. One buy, one sell during a decade. To explain this, there was actually a decade sell signal uh, in uh, 2020 with the COVID uh, developing of the pandemic re uh, recession. And this relates to the economy turning down once a decade for a primary cyclical recession. The stock market normally drops 20, minus 20% 20 to minus 50%, and it dropped minus 35%. Uh, two days after the bottom, I turned long-term bullish, and I still own an investment uh, in that, okay? Now, the uh, decade business cycle relates to economic growth for about 7 to 12 years, a bull market for about 7 to 12 years. So it's difficult to time because it's a wide range of when it's going to end. But at least we know the parameters, the deadlines, when it's going to end and bad times are coming. Now the upside per decade is more than 50% to more than 300%. So it's very variable, volatile performance. Why is that? Well, it turns out that the uh, fundamentals and economics and the economy and whatnot are also very variable volatile and people are very, very variable volatile. Uh, there are professionals who have said for over many decades that the, S, or the fundamentals, which I call standard or S fundamentals economics, explain about 20 to 80% of price fluctuation. That's such a wide range. Why are we even bothering looking at the news? Why are we trying to look at what a company's doing? But it's actually, when you look at it, it's still very valuable, valid, and there are people that make money and control risk on it, and some of them make huge amounts of money, but there's also quite a few people that lose following fundamental news and information. They just don't get it. And this is why technical analysis was invented and chart analysis because they were trying to boil it down, make something simpler. They were saying, let the market tell us what to do. Okay, let's see what they want to do. All right. Well, uh, what I've learned then is that 20 to 80 percent, the other half of the story is 80 to 20 percent. And I call it X fundamentals that it really includes technical analysis, quantitative, the computer analysis, includes some advanced fundamentals. But it's more about the money, the people, and the marketplace than over in the S fundamentals. If you dovetail the two, in theory, you get to 100%, but I didn't find it that easy, and I discovered something called the cycle series analysis that deserves to be taught at universities and be in line with time series analysis. And cycle series analysis just says find time cycles or some types of cycles of data, prices, and build them in larger cycles, make them into smaller cycles, make a clock model of it, make a CLAG catalog model. And what I found is they all have to be very variable, volatile, difficult to work with, but they can interconnect, interrelate to make it like a clock model. But what happens at midnight with a clock? The hands are at midnight. So even though it looks bizarre and crazy and you think it's going to blow up by now, you're going to be wrong, by midnight you find you can be right. It's like a missile tracking system, okay? And what I learned was this can explain 100% of price fluctuation on these major stock index for minutes to even hundreds of years, believe it or not. 
All right, but I focus primarily on that decade pattern. I break it into smaller patterns within the decade, many different types, to help tell the story and help time that decade. Then I learned I can break it down into intra-year all the way to intraday, down to minutes of what's the most important moves during the day, during the week, during the month, during the year, and then plug that into the biggest moves during the decade and then the biggest move for the decade. And super cycles, I'm not so keen on that anymore. I'm not so sure we can really forecast them that well. And my forecast is we probably won't see a super cycle bear market to the year 2050. And I think it can take us that long to print too much money and explode something or blow something up in the world. I'm sure some of you are saying, no, things have gone on for so long it can happen any day. Well, my guess is if it does, we're going to find out it doesn't really create the downside one might think, and we're going to recover better than one might think. I'm that confident in it. But I can't rule it out. And what I will say is when we get to that decade sell signal, and I believe is going to show up in 2028 to 2031, okay, when we get there, I will sell because of that. And the money that people have linked to my money, uh, so they take the same signals automatically, managing that kind of stuff, um, I can, I'm just going to dump it for everybody, okay? We're going to get out and maybe buy back cheaper, just like we did in 2020, okay? And like I did somewhat in 2008, 2009, and like I did somewhat in 2001, 2002, 2000, 2000, something like that, okay? And see if we can start over a much lower uh, price. Now, what would happen is if a super cycle event occurred and it was very, very bearish, a 1929 crash, it should align with those once a decade sell signals. So I would just get more downside out of it, even if I didn't correctly forecast that it would actually occur, okay? And so I will warn of those things because how I look at super cycles is there's a 20 to 60% down minor super cycle. That is so much like the decade, you really can't tell if it's gonna be 50 going to 60%. So it's in the model, it's important, it's in business cycle data for uh, commodities, for business, for global macroeconomic stuff, but it's not in everything and it doesn't seem to be as important for uh, the stock market even. So I pretty much use the decade sell signal and just say, okay, maybe we can get a little extra hit here, but it doesn't have to be any more than a once a decade sell signal. By the way, we are due for a minor super cycle downturn uh, at the end of this decade with the long term. Now, the other, the mid-sized super cycles are down 40 or 60 percent. So a little more useful because it's a narrow range, something for us to target. But the interesting thing is it's pretty close to the worst of the once a decade sell signal. So here again, if you don't know for sure, you just take that once a decade sell signal and maybe later you learn things were severe enough it was one of those down moves, okay? Then the major super cycles, there's a variety of them, range from minus seven to minus 90%, with the minus 90% including the 1929 crash and the 1930s depression. On the, in 2008, 2009, we would do for 70% down, and I correctly forecast it was evolving to less downside. And I think all the super cycles are evolving to less and less downside. We can manage our economy. The day we uh, put down the Federal Reserve so they can't help manage, and we're just going to let everything be so free, anything happens, we probably will have a 1929 crash. So I'm against those politicians uh, doing that and those pro-capitalist businesses doing that. And I think we should manage things, and I think we're managing things better so that the worst downside I see for the rest of this century is probably minus 50%. 
And, um, and we'll see what we get in this decade, but I don't think it's really going to be minus 50%. But we'll talk about that in the end. Now, what is that decade pattern doing now, and what is the super cycles doing, and what's the last decade? Well, the last decade pattern went from 2009 to 2020, and calculating from a low lowest price to the highest price which is no way we're going to buy and sell that but it would have been about 409 percent on the s p 500 cash index so if you picked better stocks you would have made more in theory and if you didn't well then you would have made less if you bought etfs leverages like i do and also use maybe s p 500 futures like i do you can make more to many times more okay and you may make a lot less, okay? And then, uh, if you just traded the SPY ETF, just bought, the, in other words, just buy the S&P 500 one for one, you could have made that if you could have caught the actual bottom and actual low. Now, obviously, we would have caught the bottoms a little higher than that and missed out of some. We would have caught the tops a little lower than that and missed out of some. So you would have made less than that, but you would have made a fantastic return. And I have some proof that's feasible, all right, from my own track record. Now, this line uh, goes from 2009 to the closing price of December, and it's the super cycle from 2009 that may end 2030. It may not end to 2050. It may not ever end. It just depends what super cycle you're looking at. But it was up 585% by the close of December. It had been higher than that, okay, using the 2020, uh, 2022 high, January, okay? Now, from the 2020 once a decade sell followed by a buy signal and buying from that low as of December, uh, I'm sorry, I said December, didn't I? As of November close, sorry. And so as of November close, it's up 108%. And I actually own an investment that I bought two days after that, but it gives me about twice the return. So I'm up more than that. But I made a couple mistakes along the way here, kind of jumped out, tried to pick a better price when I, my goal was to never sell it, leave it alone. And now I feel more comfortable just leave it alone. That is a small portion of my portfolio, however. And what I'm doing with that is leaving that until 2028 to 2031. So it should make me more than 108. It may make me 200, 300%, 400% for all I know. I don't know. Okay, I'm just going to go for it. All right. Now, the interesting thing is, inside the decade, we have a minor long-term business cycle when the market can rally and then fall over about a three to four year period of time, okay? And some people on the economy side call that a kitchen cycle, but I think I know how to time that a little better, and I say it runs a little slower, a uh, little shorter. any rate, okay, we called the top a little lower than I want, a little later than I wanted, and then we called the bottom, actually took us three times to throw darts, don't mind disclosing that got bold up here and then made a mistake in there and then i made a mistake right in there for some things so i'm underperforming a bit but if you look at how the market's actually doing from that low okay to the close of november that's this line here and that's at 30 percent so we're up about 31 percent off the minor long-term business cycle inside the major long-term business cycle that's up 108 percent both are going higher now this one uh can be over and done with uh april of next year but more likely august of next year on into early 2025 
And by 2025, we'll probably see a minus 7, a minus 10% setback, maybe even as much as 20%. But I don't think we're going to see what we saw here in 2022. I just don't see it coming. But it's actually allowable, but I don't think it's going to occur. So I'm going to be a little more aggressive there, do things a little bit differently. Um, not in the model and timing of it. That will just run by itself, and it does well enough. I'm just saying I'll give you my personal opinion about managing things and what I'm up to as well and see if I can make a little more out of that. And then by 26, 27, we're just going to see still record highs, believe it or not, and we're going to continue that process, zigzagging roller coaster all the way higher into 28, 2031. Okay, So this line will end sometime uh, next year, probably, maybe early 25. This line will extend higher, more and more return uh, for the decade. And then this line from 2009 will extend higher as well into 2009. And that would be our performance. So you can see that we do have evidence these business cycles are working. The accuracy of some of these, when you go very, very short term, it may only be 50, 60, 65% accurate, but you can still make money out of them. And that's primarily the techniques I'm using. So other people who are very aggressive in computer trading and automated trading, they can take those extremely short-term patterns and squeeze more out of them and also boost the accuracy. Okay? But when we get into like patterns for the month and during the month, they can run 70 or 80%. Even the patterns, the largest moves during the year can run 70 or 80% accurate. Okay? And when I go long term, you may still be in that 70 or 80, but as you go all the way into super long term, depending on how you would really time it, you might actually get close to 100% accurate looking over the last couple hundred years. So the thing is, not only do we see this in prices, but we see this over in that X fundamental, how people behave, they think. Uh, what are they watching? You can see this when they're watching their podcast. They watch a podcast aggressively for about a week and a half. Then they seldom even look at it for two and a half weeks. Well, that's that monthly pattern, that level three pattern. Well, when you watch them at the stores, they do the same thing. They buy so much during a certain time of month, and they don't buy anything. Okay, And you see this pattern of what the stores are reporting for business. We see it in credit cards when they're buying gasoline, groceries. We see that monthly pattern. Well, you can build this in larger patterns so you can see they buy more during certain times of the year. And then there's seasonals where they're buying more heating products during the winter, uh, cooling during the summer. They're changing their clothes. You see this show up in business data, okay? So you can build this into this long term when it's a throttle up, throttle down during the decade for these minor long term patterns of our economy and the stock market. We can build them to that decade pattern when it takes us almost a decade, a little less, even a little more than a decade, to get too much debt, uh, to get too much money printing, to get things too high priced, and pretty soon we get nervous, concerned. Next thing we slip into a recession. And standard cyclical recessions are caused by businesses and consumers that make up about 80% of the GDP, maybe even 90%. Okay. Uh, other times, some of those recessions will be caused by the banking industry, which would be included in the business side of that 80-90%, but it also may include Federal Reserve government causing some issues or even the Federal Reserve trying to beat the economy down because it's growing too fast and it could wind up triggering recession. When banking causes a recession, you run the risk of it turning into a depression or a great recession like 2000s. Okay? 
When business and consumers cause it, it's usually less of a problem. But the problem, these things can intertwine with one another and you get caught up in which came first, you know, was it the egg or was it the chicken, <laughs> and things like that. And it's understandable why people sometimes don't have faith in this. But what I've learned is during this boom phase, right here from uh, 2009, okay, right into the, the, the COVID crisis, okay, and the recession, there was scares all along the way, big drops in the stock market, and they were talking, oh boy, Obama's going to destroy the country, and they were wrong. And then they'd say, oh, what the Federal Reserve is doing, Federal Reserve is doing is going to destroy the country. Oh, something's going to blow up in the Middle East or China and this and that. And they were wrong and they were wrong and they were wrong. The problem is, though, they were right on a short-term basis. They caused setbacks. They caused problems with those fears. And at times we actually saw the economy throttle back. The stock market picked up on it and it came down. Okay, so there were correct moments. But notice some of those things that people were literally preaching of the end of the world really only made short-term impacts. When it comes to the time of that recession, however, if they were still preaching those things, they weren't right on how long it lasts because we have evolved since the 1930s to try to get a recession over as fast as possible and to try to crash the stock market rather than let it come down slowly for a long period of time and make it choppy. We just want to get it over and done with and we do it. So, but you would say, well, then they still weren't right on a time basis for being so gosh darn bearish, but you find out if you look at their price targets, it was catch-up time for them. They were right. The market come down a huge amount. Even then, some of them didn't see it as enough and went right back trying to sell all the way up right in here. There were some fantastic professional people that have made billions over the years, and they are billionaires. They were still fighting it in here. They thought there, thought there was still going to be a crash and burn. They did the same thing right in here. So the bottom line is we need to respect these people and look at the analysis because some of it is so good you think, my gosh, I guess it's going to work after all. And then you realize it's probably not going to work, or it's not going to work very well. It causes problems and noise and frustrations for we long-term bulls if, if that decade business cycle, which can relate to the juggler economic cycle, you can look that up on, uh, on Wikipedia or um, anywhere on the internet, um, J-U-G-L-A-R, it's a very famous business cycle. It works today, and the stock market is in line with that business cycle better than ever today. So that's my little preaching of why we need to respect business cycles. And boy, sometimes it's so difficult because you see a down move and thinking, man, this, this is going to end badly. And then you find out it was nothing but a setback, a correction. Stock market went to a record high. Anyways, very difficult. The, the, the end of world scenarios are almost preached every day now with all this computerization, data mining. People are just overreacting and poor thinking. The real in the world scenarios occur only a few times in your lifetime. Paris results not in the same indicative futures. I'll have a great month. Thank you.